Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I'm ready to talk about And Just Like That. Now, we did a recap here on Everything Iconic of the first two episodes of And Just Like That. Then we had a holiday week, too much was going on, and so now we're doing every other week, I suppose, and I invited our guest, Hannah Brown, back to the podcast. Hannah, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back. I I'm honored. I forced you to come back. Oh my gosh. I, listeners, I want you to know that the reality is Danny and I will make plans to hang out. And it will you, us hanging out is, is usually walking because we like to hit Be two birds, active, one stone. Right. Yeah. Maybe get a coffee if we're feeling crazy. And sometimes we end up just recording together. Right. We were supposed to do exercise. But this is exercise in just a mental way. This was so much exercise in a mental way because we had to do <laughs> gymnastics to get from point A to point B in every one of these fucking episodes. Every single one. Every single one, Hannah. Now, we're going to be talking about episode three and four mm-hmm. of In Just Like That. If you haven't watched it yet, you don't really have to because we're going to be sort of talking yeah. about it, although we'll probably get on a million tangents along the way. But the first episode, episode three, it was all centered around Carrie Bradshaw recording this audiobook. And uh, there was a purse robbery. Yes. There was a jewelry robbery. There was Tony Danza saying non-binary. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the way Tony Danza was saying that? Yes. What the fuck, Hannah? What the fuck? Do you think somebody on set was like, should we tell Tony Danza how to say the word binary? And everyone was like, no. No. We don't need to Because he him. just kept saying binary. <laughs> He's like, come on, my little, what is, what is he called? Che Diaz? My cannoli. little, can my little cannoli? My little non-binary cannoli. I don't cannoli. care that you're non-binary. <laughs> I wonder how much Tony Danza knew about the whole show and his role on the show before they got him on that set. Because yeah, I don't even know that he knew he was on a sitcom set or he was in Sex and the City. Like, I don't even fucking think that Tony Danza really understood that this was a spinoff show. No, I think he just showed up, learned his lines, knew. I don't know if he read the whole episode. I don't think he knew any context of what he was doing. I don't think he knew what he was saying, clearly. And uh, he just showed up and collected the check. He never had to call someone non-binary over on Taxi when he did it. <laughs> Not on Who's the Boss. Hey, no one no one on Who's the Boss was Mm-mm. giving him these types of lines. And Mm-mm. so I'm glad to see Tony Danza in a new role. But mm. I just, every time he said it, the first time he said non-binary, binary or whatever Mm -hmm. i paused i was like did i hear that wrong because sometimes and i know i say things wrong too people write in and they say you say that word funny or whatever but i just couldn't get my head around it because also he's an italian american man and i was like is that like an italian thing or a new Mm -hmm. york thing or maybe just obviously a tony danza thing i think it's tony danza thing he's the boss so i guess he can do whatever he wants right but you know other who's the boss icon judith light she absolutely knows how to pronounce non-binary because i would argue that she's a queer icon she is for sure lgbtq yeah we love her and uh speaking of who's the boss a lot of people online think i'm the boy from who's the boss (laughs) (laughs) because i think his name is like danny pintaro or it starts with a p oh my gosh so people online oftentimes i get 
tagged or messages or something where people are like, I listen to your show because they thought you were like the guy from Who's the Boss, or they think I'm that, uh, you know, on The Real House in New Jersey, Danielle Staub's like former Danny P, yes. some guy. Wait, are you talking about like the, the hitman? Yeah, the hitman. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, people think sometimes I'm the hitman because uh, he's also like a Danny P. Oh my God. It's like a long Italian name or whatever. So I either get one of those two things. We should make a TikTok where we're doing Danielle Staub and Danny P scenes together, like in outfits. Yes. Yes. And we would both have to wear like a similar looking wig. I don't really truly believe that everyone has fully emotionally processed that man's appearances because he really was like straight. I mean, New Jersey gets in that place a lot on Mm -hmm. the show, but I feel like nobody's really fully emotionally processed him. He has the energy of the weasels from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like a very sinister, like scary, chaotic, like, hey, what you doing? Like, I don't I don't trust him. He's scary. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Roger Rabbit. Uh, Who among us is so so fucking good. Okay, so Carrie's recording this audio book and I had trouble with the first couple of episodes. There are like some inconsistency things where you're like, well, why would she do that? Or why would that happen? I don't remember Mm. what the specific example was. But when I was watching the audiobook, because I've recorded an audiobook, yes. Humble Brag, I <laughs> was like, what is she, how, what do you mean they're telling her she can't do? There was one moment where the producer was like, you need to read exactly what's in the thing. And you don't have to. I think Tracy Morgan infamously sort of, was it his book? Or maybe he was just doing a, I don't know. He did an audiobook recording where he just like ad libs. And I remember when it came out. I had read the book. I think it was his memoir. And then I had heard he tells like more stories on the audiobook. So he was an example that you don't have to read exactly word for word. Right. You can kind of change it up a little bit. So when Carrie was saying, for example, of can I change this sentence? That's a clunky thing. And the guy was like, no, you have to read it as is. I was like, I don't think they would tell her that. Be fucking for real. Yeah. She wrote the fucking thing. I was also wondering, um, maybe you could speak to this because you wrote your, or you recorded your own audiobook when they're like, okay, you waited too long. I'm like, can't they just cut that dead audio or do they not? Yeah, they edit it. That's yeah, another, edit yeah, it. another inconsistency. It was like, you're waiting too long. Like she's like, and I waited. And then it's like 10 seconds of silence. And they're like, could you not, I don't know, wait so long. I was like, can you just, I don't know, fucking edit, edit the audiobook? Exactly. Exactly. You could just edit out pauses because it's not like you're, she's reading the whole thing all together. Cover to cover. But those are the kind of things with the show that are maddening, Hannah. It's, it's like, like the, it's like the podcast network that went down because of the lack of ad. Right. You're like, she, the whole fucking company shut down because she wouldn't say vag in the city or yeah. promo code vag in the city. Mm-hmm. Did anyone make that a promo code after that episode? Someone should. Yeah, someone should. Do you think people are tuning out of this show at this point? I, I, I maybe, but also I think a lot of us are on this chaotic roller coaster together and we refuse to get off because we, it's like now that the idol's over, we need something else to bond over disliking. Right. I did take notes uh, for the episode three that I just want to make sure we're getting to because so many weird things were mm-hmm. happening. And I, I definitely want to spend at least like 45 minutes on the robbery at the end of the episode, because like that to me was like the craziest fucking thing. Lizette's acting also. I look, I'm sure she's, she's a friend who lives in the building. Yes. Yeah. But when she was, sorry, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there now. Just okay. Let's when go. she was like, Oh my God, my jewelry, it's gone. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm an Oscar winning actor. I am saying I didn't believe her in that moment. Sure. But all of that whole scene was like, it was insane. Like it was so weird. And then Seema takes out her little gold, like water gun. But 
Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, okay. This jewelry scene, is, it happens at the end of the episode. There was already a robbery. Seema had lost her purse. Yes. And then Seema ends up going to this jewelry show, which was supposedly, like, very expensive, like, good jewelry yeah. that she was being, uh, it was being sold to, I think, Saks and Macy's, or she was having buyers from mm-hmm. these places there. So, number one, like, wouldn't they have had security there at the jewelry thing? So if this much. was, like, expensive jewelry. Number two, the robbery happened both too slow and too fast. Like, I, I was, like, so confused yes. at the pacing of that. Yes. And then I'm also confused as to why Carrie thought it was a good idea to scream, I have COVID in the middle of the robbery. But wait, didn't, did people, like, then come to her? I thought or- people ran away. Like, it created, like, hysteria because people were like, ew, COVID lady over there. But then it's like, wouldn't you not want to create hysteria so that more likely we could stop this guy from getting more stuff instead of creating a diversion so that he could get away? And if you were creating uh, chaos or something, wouldn't you instead shout like he just stole all that jewelry? Right. Like, Carrie, it's not fucking about you. I know it's hard to believe, Carrie. Right. But, and, but somehow the robber also made it about Carrie by saying, I want your necklace. And I was like, what the fuck's the robber going to do with that necklace with that, that says Carrie? Carrie. Like, are you going to put it out, go to a pawn shop or something? Right. And then she was like, please, no. Uh, this is everything to me. Uh, I love that clip that goes around online. Have you seen it? It's from one of the Sex in the City movies. On the plane. On the plane. Carrie, it was part two of yes. the movie. And she's on the plane and she's like, you just don't get it. And she like does this kind of like weird look. Like a shrug. And she does that throughout the whole series. These acting choices where, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. You, you just, you just don't get it. <laughs> she like looks around and it's like crazy yes it's crazy it is crazy but that robbery scene i felt like everybody was acting so nuts and i didn't understand and then the guy didn't did he have he didn't even have a gun the robber no right? he, he went like oh fuck and then he ran away because Seema took out her little gold water gun so why was everyone so afraid of this man if you're living in new york and somebody's stealing things but they don't have a weapon or anything when you just like attack them to the ground yeah i don't think new yorkers would be and then the COVID of it all i don't think uh, it was nuts and it was nuts and then uh lizette the jewelry designer shows up and she goes it's all gone and then she looks at the security guards and she goes where were you he got away where were you guys I never noticed Lisette's acting. Now all I'm going to do is focus on that. Now that's all I'm going to pay attention. Uh, It's it's iconic. It was truly like the craziest thing. And I have this theory that they put it somehow. That scene. I I'm working on a theory that they it was maybe supposed to be earlier in the episode, and then they were like, we have to put at the end because it's so nuts. Yes, right. Like because by the end of the episode of any of these episodes, by the end you're just almost accepting of the craziness. Right. So you're like, okay, like I guess why not. I have COVID. I was like, what? And wasn't she, she was just lying about it to get out of recording her book. But then I'm like, why are you exclaiming it at this event? Like uh, when you're around people and you're like, what was she trying to accomplish by doing that? I need to know. Also, what was our little cannoli carry trying to do? Cannoli carry. What is going (laughs) on? Also with Seema's Birkin, that whole storyline, the Birkin work in the sex in the city world, I think like, rarely makes sense to me it's like why Explain. would someone steal a birkin and then like throw it into the yard like they right. what was the point of stealing it to begin with yeah. and then did the person who steal it not know that it was a birkin and they just wanted everything inside the bag and then i was thinking back to the second sex in the city movie extremely problematic where samantha's like pulling her birkin back and forth and it breaks and she goes you broke my birkin oh my god 
They're obsessed with the Birkin. Yeah, the Birkin work but is too much. If the Birkin was so important, though, also why wouldn't anyone walking by? That purse was like under a bush for a while and Seema saw it right away. Like, it was she a bright spot. orange Birkin. Of course, I understand like it was her Birkin. So maybe she had an eye out for it or something. But I still think somebody in New York City, because it wasn't like it happened 10 minutes after no. this robber took the bag. It was days after. And then also, like, let's give the robbers a little more credit. They would know that that's a Birkin. If they're willing to... Okay, okay, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to say it. How would the fucking robbers in New York want to take Carrie's necklace that's engraved or says her name? Mm-hmm. I'm led to believe that they would be taking that to a pawn shop or putting it online or something because they're not going to wear a Carrie necklace around, right? Mm-hmm. But then they don't know what to do or how to sell a Birkin on the market. Like, come on. It's crazy. It, it's and right I'm up offended. there with. I'm offended too. It's right up there I have with COVID. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gonna. I shouting. have COVID. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. I didn't know. I didn't know. A little family stone. Oh, when we listening. recorded that thing, and I had to keep doing that, <clears throat> and I kept going. Uh, Oh, yeah. And you were like, why do you keep doing it like that? Just to explain for listeners, we did do a parody of The Family Stone, mm-hmm. and you played Sarah Jessica Parker. And yeah. I, I played I, her mom. I think I kept asking you to clear your throat. You're like, do it again. Because she in that movie, The Family Stone, she did what she did right after Sex and the City wrapped. And I just heard an interview where she talks about like wanting to do different characters after Sex and the City and play like crazy different people from Carrie. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine her in like an acting or with her acting coach or something. And she's like looking for ways to make that character yes. so different from Carrie. And she's so her or the acting coach was like, how about you add like a clearing of the throat? And so she just like went hard. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. But that Birkin just under the bush, I'm like somebody else would have saw that. Who lives in that place Someone. where it was under a vagabond would have grabbed it, grabbed that Birkin. Yeah. yeah. Bright orange Birkin. Uh, okay, so Seema, is she working for you still? Yes, okay, I think yeah, she's she fun. Is. And I liked that she had, wasn't it a water gun? Yeah. Like, well, we another question for the ages, wh- I think. So. No, it was, a, she- it was a lighter. It was a lighter. Yeah, was a lighter. In my mind, it was a water gun, like a gold water gun, which I was like, why is she carrying that around? A lighter makes much more sense. I used to love, this is weird, but in cartoons when we were growing up, remember when they would have a gun and it would just say like bang? Like it would yes. come out with like a flag that said bang. Yes. I loved that. It's very Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, I, of course, loved the Looney Tunes era of the 90s. Just mm-hmm. where we were all just kind of really going hard in like Looney Tunes hip hop clothes and uh, Looney Tunes folders at school yes. and pencil pouches. And it's like the Looney Tunes era of the 90s really was special to me. Really yeah. Was. And yeah. like these, these, you know, Gen Z kids, these current know. children, they don't know. They yeah. don't know what they're missing. No, we were raised. I actually just bought a bunch of Looney Tunes <laughs> holiday merch, holiday merch on eBay. Like I got maybe a little, you know, I, my office is filled with junk and I got maybe a little stoned and went on eBay and I bought this like Looney Tunes candle holder that's like Christmassy. And then what else did I buy? Some other like Looney Tunes. Oh, I bought, I have these Looney Tunes Christmas lights that are like very special to me from my childhood. My mom sent them to me a couple of years ago. It's like, this was this whole thing. But when I was searching on eBay, I found these Looney Tunes Halloween twinkle lights. Oh, that's important. From the 90s. So I, I was like, I need these. It's like Taz holding a pumpkin. I was like, I need that. You need it. So I bought that. But all this stuff came in like various uh, packages. And every time the delivery comes, Matt's like, what the fuck is this now? And I'm like, oh, it's a 1996 uh, candle votive. You're like, it's extremely <laughs> with important. Sylvester and Tweety on it. 
<laughs> Do you remember when we were at the mall over the holidays and you were looking for a very specific Grinch mug and we went into Williams Sonoma and you're like, hi, hi, I'm looking for the, uh, the Grinch mug. Do you have, and she was like, we're sold out. And you're like, Oh, Cause I okay. Loved, I got this Grinch mug at Williams Sonoma and I'm the type of person where I want to have a backup of it yeah. in case, because something like that is precious. <laughs> it's precious. You can't get it again. It's limited edition. Mm-hmm. So of course I was like, I need a, I need another backup one. And they were sold out of the Grinch mugs that will teach you. You always got to get it. I know we have to go like the day after Halloween. Yeah. I shouldn't be allowed a credit card moving on. <laughs> um, okay. So one of the things about Che, we got to talk about Che Diaz in filming of the pilot, shooting this thing. Miranda is in LA and goes to the taping, which those tapings are always the worst thing ever. If anyone's visiting, I don't think tapings are fun. Ever. I've never, the only taping I've ever gone to was an episode of Conan. Oh. And um, it was fun because my friend and I like kind of made fun of the whole thing and like made it fun. Um, but yeah, not my They're favorite. They're long days and you're just long. sitting there and they make you be quiet. You no feel phones. like cattle. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And they don't care. It's like you're in school or something because they're yelling at you. Yeah. When I was younger, I visited California with my our family friends and this girl, Stacy. We were probably 12 or 13 or something. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to go to a taping of something, but the only thing we get tickets to was the Bill Maher, politically incorrect with Bill Maher. <laughs> and I'm a 12 year old boy from Ohio closet. Like I, I wasn't into politics at that time or, or I mean, at all, I didn't yeah. know anything that was going on. And it was like, that was the only thing we get tickets to. And so my friend Stacy and I were just like sitting and the parents dropped us off or something. And so it's just these two kids. You're like, we have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I remember when I went to Conan, I was kind of bummed out because the guests were like, the kid who plays Malfoy and then like Ray Romano. Oh yeah. Yeah. And look, I love Ray Romano. I love ice age. Okay. Not a big Harry Potter fan. Don't come for me. But like, I wasn't that excited to see Malfoy. I was like, whatever. I think he was at like the Arlington Heights Barnes and Noble, like two weeks before. So I'm like, I flew all the way to LA just to see Malfoy and Ray Romano. And like, the week after, it was like Ryan Gosling or like someone oh, that I yeah, would have yeah. been really fucking excited about. See, I would be excited about Ray Romano. I like love him now. I didn't watch now. his show. I, yeah, but it was. He's had was a this? renaissance. When was this? This was like 2013. Yeah. Um, okay, so they're taping the Che Diaz pilot and Miranda's phone goes off in the taping. This was so you're, annoying. You're rolling your eyes. Yeah. Just like, I'm so sick of Miranda being a bumbling fool. Like, right. I really am. You know, I was really watching Miranda. Uh, in these two episodes. And I, I kind of feel like, you know, the movie Freaky Friday with uh, there's the remake is with uh, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you seen the one with Shelley Long? Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love that one. one. Why can't I one. find it anywhere? I don't know. I don't know. We did, because everyone's removing everything. That's so annoying. All those old stuff. The I'm like, that should be on Disney Plus. Early Disney Channel. I'm model ta- behavior. Yes. Model. Be- where's the Kathy Lee Gifford vehicle model behavior? Come on. Give it to me. Or, yeah, that Catherine Heigl Wish Upon a Star was not available for a while. I don't yes. know if it still is. It's you on can, Prime. You can go to YouTube sometimes and yeah. find them like a very bad copy. Yeah. Oh, but so you know in Freaky Friday, before they switch, you know how like the first 10 minutes of Freaky Friday, it's like they're showing how it's like this mom and they're, and then the teenage daughter and then they flip and it's like Lindsay's in Jamie Lee Curtis's body and she's kind of being like a fumbling person or whatever. Yes. I almost feel like Miranda has been freaky frighted with somebody because yes. she's not the Miranda we know. And also she's always doing this like bumbling kind of, she can't work a phone. Oh my she God. She doesn't know how to do these things. And I'm like, I think Miranda would have would know how to work technology. She had a Palm Pilot, Palm like, Pilot, and a BlackBerry. Yes, back in the she day. would be a tech savvy woman. She's fucking smart. Like, 
They, she's like, oh, I dropped my phone in the seaweed. Oh, I can't work my phone. Oh, I forgot to put it on silent because of bread. Oh, it's like enough. I know. Like, well, I don't get why they're doing it. It's it's ridiculous. And then even when she was like helping Che with their lines, she was like on her phone and was like, oh, shoot. I zoomed in again. Oh, sorry. Right, like- che, I don't know. Do you want to take it? And Che's like, shut the fuck up and let me do my lines. Yeah. Let me do, uh, have Tony Danza call me Nunbunur. <laughs> Have you ever non-binary cannoli? Have you ever run lines with a, a non-actor and gotten annoyed with them because oh, yeah. they don't know how to do it? Every time Matt and I, Matt has to film me for an audition. Same. It's like we, you came over when we were shooting something, <laughs> and the tension you can cut with a knife. You might not notice it, but it's like the tension is there. That's any time yeah. I've asked Jake to help me too. I'm Your like, significant other, Jake. Yeah. Yes, my significant other, Jake, or my sister. I'm like, okay, can you just read the lines? Like, you don't need to do a voice or anything. Right. Like, just read them. And my sister's like, oh, I thought it would like help if I like kind of got into it. I'm like, you don't need to. It's okay. Matt will sometimes give me like care. He'll be like, you should read it like this, but he doesn't know that he's not giving anything. <laughs> 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 so he's like, you should read it like this, but then he'll just be like monotone because he's not an actor. Right. Anything, so of course. And then. I'll be like, I don't know what you're saying. And then we'll just be, be arguing with each other. And it's like, give me some sort of note if you want to, but it has, I have to understand it. Yeah. And that's probably why I'm not getting hired by him for anyone. I mean, same showbiz. That's showbiz. <laughs> that's showbiz. Uh, the thing with uh, Che D is that I've been trying to express, and Ira Madison, who he's a good friend of mine, but mm-hmm. he, I heard him in an interview, or maybe he posted this online or something, but he was saying how, why are we following Che Diaz? Because in the history of Sex and the City, you don't follow the love interests, yes. even if they are long-term love interests. Like We never used to follow Big or follow Aiden or follow Berger or mm-hmm. any of the one-time episode people. It was very rare. Maybe once in a while, they're you might follow them for like a, a beat, like a, right. a minute. But Che, we're following, which I think that's another reason why audiences are maybe rejecting it, is because it's like, okay, well, we follow the friends. But so now, I thought this was a love interest. And the whole thing about Sex and the City was like focusing on their reactions to their love interest right. instead of following the love interest. Right. Like how the love interest impacts them and therefore the friend group. Yeah. And so we're getting two sides to this relationship. And that's weird for viewers. Yes. It's, it's weird. It's become the Che Diaz show. The Che Diaz scenes have more production value than like the rest of the entire show, than the Met Gala scene, you know? Which I do have to just reiterate again, like what, who was the one who decided, oh, audiences by and large are rejecting this character. Like, let's lean in more. That seems so crazy Shocking. To me. Shocking. Uh, you know who else they're leaning into quite a bit this, this season? And they did a little last season. Mitzi. With the, mu- the one who's getting the mustache waxed and yes. Carrie ran into. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. She was in the first season she appeared. She was in the original series with Nathan Lane, who was like super gay, mm-hmm. in, but then wasn't gay or whatever. I mm-hmm. forget what the story was like alluded to. or Everyone thought he was gay or something. Yes. Uh, and now Mitzi, she keeps running into Mitzi. Mitzi's and everywhere. It's her second appearance. She was getting the mustache waxed, which I also believe that kind of character would have already had it lasered, right? That's so true. Like a wealthy New York woman. And or like just regular dermaplaning. Right. Uh, but she was getting the mustache done. She was getting the stash waxed. And then uh, she tells Carrie, she's like, the thing that nobody tells you about your grief is that the second year is worse than the first. I thought this, this like was interesting. There are these moments that are like grounded and beautiful mm-hmm. and great. And then they get passed over quickly, and then suddenly we're in like a Tony Danza sitcom, and we're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Non-binary. We're hearing non-binary again. 
I don't even know if that's how he said it, but now in my head, that's how it's, it was translated. It's giving Tom Um, You know, we need a Carol Radswell uh, cameo on this show. Wait, Carol just tweeted about it. Or she what? posted on, I, I don't know where, on social media, she posted about it, about episode four. And mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but she says something about like, I've never heard, I've lived in New York forever and like, women don't talk about cum that much. <laughs> okay, that's real. <laughs> Because episode four, spoiler alert, was all about the cum. Oh, my God. Wait, we'll get there, though. We'll get there. But you would want to hear Carol Radswell's. I just like, you know, like, no offense to Mitzi, but I would like to see Carrie and Carol have a conversation about being like young hot widows together. Right. You know? Right. I would like to see that. Okay, I'm looking at my notes. It says Miranda Freaky Friday. (laughs) Are you watching The Bear? Did we talk about this last time? I'm not caught up. Okay. There's an episode of The Bear that I'm like obsessed with. I am obsessed with the whole show, but uh, season two, episode maybe six or something, Jamie Lee Curtis is <gasps> guest stars in it. It's the most chaotic episode of television I've ever seen. So stressful, so anxiety inducing. Like so... that Adam Sandler movie? What was Which Click? One was that? No, I'm kidding. Cl- oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? You guys Grown know what I'm talking too. about. Uncut Gems? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like uh, that times 10 to me. Oh my God. When I was in high school, I saw the movie Requiem for a Dream. Like <gasps> a friend rented it and I was so mad that night. I like stormed out of the place and I'm not confrontational, but I stormed out halfway through. I was like, I can't watch this because it was so anxiety and scarring, yeah. But the episode six is like that, but it's brilliant. But you also, by the end of it, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Like she's <laughs> so good in it. She's so, and it's got like Bob Odenkirk in it. Gillian Jacobs, who I oh, love. We love Gillian. Um, who else is in it? Jamie Lee Curtis. And I, it's just uh, a John Mulaney. Is that his name? John mm-hmm. Mulaney. It's this crazy cast. And it's just like sort of this, all the, all of them come together for this one episode. But brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But Oh, it's when they're like back at his house, right? Yeah. Like it's and, his family. And Jamie Lee Curtis is just so good. <gasps> I'm, I don't know how he got there, I guess, because Miranda. What? Miranda what? also went to get a tattoo. I, I'm question mark <laughs> Rambo needs to chill wait have they called a Rambo this no season? what the fuck but I need them to bring that back why did they get rid of the name because it was like funny and dark-sided uh looks wise I do want to mention Charlotte's Burberry cooking outfit mm-hmm. I thought I liked it because that was a callback too. remember she was wearing Burberry um yes. in the kitchen wasn't she in one of the movies yes am I making that up? is that the one where where fucking Lily who ruins everything uh puts her like paint hands yeah, on Charlotte's asshole. Valentino yeah. and Charlotte like starts crying in the pantry while Rose is like screaming. You know, I'm having an existential crisis as you're saying that sentence, because I'm realizing that we've referenced sex in the city, the movie part two multiple times. times and we're only 26 minutes <laughs> more times than anyone should reference. No it, one should honest. do that. Yeah. No one should do that. Yeah. But I did like that. Were there any other outfits that stuck out to you? Or um, looks I should say. I always like anything Seema wears. Mm-hmm. I liked what she was wearing when she found her Birkin smashed under a bush. Um, mm-hmm. And I did like some of Carrie's like fake COVID outfits. Oh. There was there there was the the scene where um, Seema shows up in the Louis Vuitton mask mm. when Carrie is like faking COVID, right. and Carrie was in like a big t shirt and her hair was like kind of messy and she looked chic. She's like, by the way, I don't have COVID. She's like, oh, I'm, oh I lied, so I didn't have to record my audiobook. And Seema was like, cool, because this mask is chic, but it's not up to code. And I was like, can I ask you this? Do you think we need COVID in TV? I don't no, want it. No, 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 no. I don't want it. No, and they are acknowledging it, which. I could suppose maybe some people want it. I don't know. Maybe some people want to 
not act like it's not around or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't want I, to act like it's around because no. especially for something like this, to me, this is a wish fulfillment type show. Yes. And so I just want to see the pretty outfits. I don't want to be faced with like people lying about COVID or something like no. it just gives me too much, uh, too much anxiety. I don't need a jewelry robber. Right. Being scared away by COVID. Yeah. Or yes. Whatever. <laughs> or, or a lighter gun either right. way. Right. Uh, you know what else I thought was a little, this is more problematic I'd say than the COVID of it all. But I think the storyline of the lusting after the teen boy, that was Charlotte. fucking weird. Wasn't that weird? Yes. There's okay. the MILF list and they're like, oh my God, what little fucker made this MILF list? And they're like, oh, that ugly little boy with the speech impediment. First of all, they're like making fun of a literal child, which is messed up on its own. And they're like, oh, he got hot. And I'm like, he's like 15 years old. Right. Like get a grip. I really had to search down in my soul with this because I was like feeling how I felt it was really awkward watching. I felt very uncomfortable watching that, especially when the boy like came out and they did it in slow-mo and he had his like backpack on and the moms were just like, Oh, it was like an herbal essence commercial from the nineties. Like they were all just totally wet. And then they move on really quickly. But I, so I was sitting there thinking, I was like, am I just being like too sensitive about this? You know, like, but I thought it was weird. It's weird. It was weird. Right. It's weird. And I mean, like, I still think like, even as a woman in my thirties, if I see like a college student and I'm like, Oh, that's a good looking like 22 year old. That still feels insane to me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm 32. I just like, no, the thought of like, you just can't. It's the, a high school. And also if it was gender flipped, I think it would have read even yes. worse. Right. Yes. But I, I was thinking about when we're um, growing up, I felt like there were always storylines in all of our teen shows about like sleeping with the teachers yes. or parents or whatever, right? Like the OC and uh, what was the other? Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars or uh, Dawson's Creek. Remember, like I think the first episode, Pacey's Pacey. like lusting after the teacher. Yeah, Pacey has a full ass affair with Vivian. Oh my God. And do you remember the episode where they had the hurricane and they were all like locked up in that? Yes. Pacey's brother and her were all like trapped together. Yes. I loved that episode. I loved an episode where there was like inclement weather that got mm. everyone locked in a house and mm-hmm. then they told like spooky stories and like secretly hooked up in a closet or whatever. I don't know this to be true. I've known you for a while and I don't know that you have a Katie Holmes impression, but I feel in my soul that you could do a good one. That's really nice. Yeah. It, we need you to work on it. Dawson, I, I don't know. <laughs> Y'all can't see, but I'm doing the side smirk. <laughs> She's got the side smirk. Uh, look, I, I'm just trying to think of like a long arbitrary word I could say. Like, look, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. I just look, puberty is hard piece. I don't know. Like, it's just like, what are you talking about? And then climbs out of the window. I always wanted her to like fall off the ladder or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Cause you know, my other, one of my other favorite like tropes of television is when I wish on Dawson's Creek, like the parents were downstairs. Remember the hot dad? Yes. I wish they were downstairs and we just saw like in behind them is a window and then we just see like a dummy version of Katie Holmes fall behind them. Like that's, I always thought that was the funniest thing. They used to do it on like sitcoms. Yes. It wasn't the real person. It'd be like a dummy. And then the real person would stand up. Yeah. You'd hear like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. So it'd be like Al Bundy, Al Bundy falling off the roof. (laughs) And you see a dummy version of him fall. And then the real Ed O'Neill stands up and is like, whoa, and he's fine, but just has some leaves. Yeah. Or, or the kid from Clarissa explains it all. Yeah. Hey, Sam. <laughs> they needed to do that with Katie Holmes, though. I know. It would have been funny. Somehow we need a... Yeah. Teaching Mrs. Tingle, another teacher storyline. But that didn't have an affair in it. It was just about how they wanted to kill their teacher. Oh, yeah. I just watched that recently, Teaching it's, Mrs. Tingle. It's kind of scary. Helen, Helen Mirren. Mirren. Yeah. yeah. I, weird. I watched it. 
I thought Katie Holmes was like the most famous person because she was from Toledo, Ohio, which is far away in Ohio from where I'm from. But I was like, oh, she's Ohio. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Sex and the City. This is why we shouldn't record together. Um, Okay. Brady and his meltdown. His new girlfriend uh, or his girlfriend, Louisa, left him. Yeah, so in calls, Europe. In Europe. And so he calls Miranda all frantic. And she's like, I gotta go! I gotta go! <laughs> she should have shouted at that taping that she had COVID. And when, I know. And then when Che's like, you ruined the family scene. And then Miranda's like, well, I have my own family scene, okay? And it's real. And she has to leave. Also, when Abby McEnany is like, and Che's never going to get there emotionally again because they're a stand-up and oh, yeah. not an actor. I was like, brutal to the stand-up That community. was so mean. I know. I was like, that's fucking rude. I know. I still think it's we're being asked a lot to believe this Che Diaz just immediately got this ABC sitcom. Yeah. It, like, that's crazy to me. And if they're not, how did they get the sitcom if they are not highly regarded enough as an actor in addition exactly. to a stand-up? Yeah. It's like Che Diaz has never acted in their entire life, but they got a sitcom. And if Che Diaz was so successful as a stand-up, enough so that they're just giving a primetime ABC sitcom yes. to, okay? They're successful enough, have enough following, then they wouldn't be rude to them on set. They right. would be nice. They'd be up Che Diaz's ass, being right. like, oh my God, you're so talented. Thank right. you so this much. Is all, I, I get mad when we recap this, because I'm like, this is a bullshit. And it's a disservice to the average American who, look, isn't in showbiz and perhaps doesn't know how this works. I mean, they're being lied to. Right. We're here to teach you about the showbiz About the industry. I'm so, (laughs) yeah, I'm so booked and busy. I'm deeply ingrained in this industry and I know everything about everything. We're here on a Friday day recording. (laughs) (laughs) Middle of the day on a Friday. Yep. Super busy. Uh, Okay. So any, any, did we miss, that was episode three, I suppose. But did we miss any other final thoughts that you wrote down or that you wanted to get to? I'm certain we miss things. I'm certain. Because there's only so much one brain can really uh, take in when it comes to this show. I, I will say at the end of this episode, I was shocked that Miranda, I mean, like so flippantly left LA because I was like, Oh, so are we just like closing the book on Che Diaz? Like, are we done with Che Diaz? But episode four, that's we're the opposite. We're leaning further in now. Che Diaz has a backstory and an ex-husband that we're bringing into the fold. And no offense to Oliver Hudson, but like, I, we don't need it. I'm not here for all. I don't, I don't want that. Let's take a break here and then come back and talk about Oliver Hudson of it all. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I'm on the new threads app. So you can come there and also come see me on tour. Hannah, you came and joined me in Salt Lake city on Uh. the last tour in March. And maybe you'll pop up again in one of the live shows coming up in October. Who's to say? We also never unpacked how at that Salt Lake City show, Julie from Bethany <gasps> Ever After was there too. <sighs> she was there and she was so sweet. And she kind. was so sweet. And she like, so we follow each other on Instagram now and she's an angel and she was like, oh my gosh, I wish you stuck around after. And I was like, I fucking wish I did too. Cause I really wanted to meet Julie, but I felt awkward, oh, yeah. like, like lingering around being like, yeah, I'm just hanging out. Like I was just like, eh, it's better to leave early. Yeah. She was, she was great. And I just feel like she's really been through it. it oh. Having to be Bethany Frankel's personal sister. I just, oh my gosh. The things that she must have seen. And and now with the YouTube channel, I mean, I'm so glad that Julie doesn't have to be a part of that. I know. I feel like I have this theory that every single person, whether you watch Housewives or not, they have a group text going some with somebody, either a group text or a yes. private text chat, where they're just texting back and forth throughout the past 10 years. Like, what the fuck is Bethany doing? <laughs> yes. What's she doing now? What the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's take a break and get my tour tickets. Everythingiconic.com at the top of the page. There's live show link. Uh, Nashville is still available. Cleveland and San Francisco. And I think DC is still available. So come see me and we'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. I didn't know. I didn't know. 
That was I from, didn't know. That was from this family stone. I put the clip on the soundboard when we came back. Okay, episode four of And Just Like That. Mm-hmm. So what were we saying before the break about Oliver Hudson? There's this whole storyline where he comes in and he was married to Jay, or still is married to Jay Diaz. Yes. And Jay Diaz comes to New York. So there's some tension because Miranda is back at home with Steve and Brady. Right. She's sort of moved back in. But she's sleeping on the couch and Steve is like punching a boxing thing looking shredded, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, why are we talking about that high school kid with the backpack when we could be talking about age appropriate Steve with his boxing? True. Come He's on. the real number one on that MILF list. Come on. Come on. We didn't talk about that MILF list either, but they were number one in, or two and two three. Two and three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Would you want to be on a MILF list For if sure. there was one? For sure. See, that's the thing. I think I'd be insulted if I didn't make it. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to know because, yeah, I would just, I would be too focused on like, and not because of any reason I wanted the kids to last after me in that right. way, just because I would want to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be like an attractive person of a certain age. Yeah. I remember in my high school, there was like some list that went around that was a thing and like people got, sus- girls got suspended over it. It was <gasps> like girls created some sort of list of, I don't remember That's exactly scary. what it was. The, there, I remember there were the, the popular girls had like the 18, they were called or something. And there it was were like, 18 of them? Some, I think it was 18. Wow. I know. I know. They all hated each other. A lot of them are so, fr- and Jill was in, one of my best friends was <gasps> one of the group. And sometimes we'll talk and be like, how are the 18 doing or whatever? And they're all sort of scattered. But most of them were actually like nice girls. But for some reason, I vaguely remember like them creating a list or something. Wow. Yeah. I had a friend who we would write. Like she had a really cool bedroom that was like in an attic. And so the walls went in all these cool, like, you know, ways oh, yeah, that they yeah, do in yeah. an attic. And we would lay on her love sack and write our crushes like on the wall. Oh my God. And that was like cute and fun. You know, we, we were talking about summertime before we were recording here. Mm-hmm. And I, it's summertime as a kid, we were saying it's just so magical because you're off school. And I, I, there was like one or two years. I, my parents made me work really young, like doing landscaping or I worked in a factory or whatever. Uh, but there was maybe like one or two around 11, 12 or something where you're not working and mm-hmm. you just start enjoying the summer vacation. You're Ugh. over each other's houses all the time and yes. and just doing those silly games. And I yes. And going to the pool. I like, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the pod before, cause it's a very nostalgic like thought that I have often, but like the feeling of like you're at the pool as a kid, your fingers are kind of pruny. It's adult swim. And you like sit with your towel and you're eating like famous Amos cookies and the crumbs are like coming off on your like mm. pruny fingers. And it's like so fun. Yeah, that's and then the smell of like freshly mowed grass and a barbecue and then like the asphalt. And then you hear the like, what was that? The that was demon from stranger things. No, that was, that was bad. Wait, let me do it again. <laughs> are you in the purge sound. or what are you, uh, what is happening? The cicada sound. Oh, the cicada. Okay. 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 Why can't I do, do it? I can do a Katie Holmes impression, but I can't do a cicada sound. I don't even do the, what you were trying to do again. <laughs> do that again. It's too embarrassing. Because I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> now I sound like from Jurassic Park. <laughs> like I sound like a dinosaur too. Wait, I used to do a really good Stitch impression. Remember Stitch from Leon's? Of course. I'm in Stitch. Wait, I haven't worked on it in a while. We'll workshop that. I'll come back to you next it's week. really good. I feel like I just sounded like in a Goofy movie when... Um, I'm in Stitch. That's good. That's good, right? Somebody when Goofy follows, or swallows the squeaker, like when he's taking <laughs> photos at his job and he's like... <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Uh, wait, Anyways, cicada oh. sounds, Midwestern summers up. Forget okay. it. Uh, Oliver Hudson. Oliver Hudson. Okay. So Lyle. Okay. 
So Miranda's back in New York. Then Che like comes to New York and Lyle comes with Che to New York. Why? I don't know. They don't really explain it. I don't remember. Yeah. And then they all go to bed and it's like Che is the little spoon or Che's in the middle, then Lyle and then Miranda are on either side and Lyle like touches Che's boob and then Che and Lyle start like making out and Miranda's like awake and then Che's like, are you okay with this? And then Miranda like wants to like, she's like kind of on the fence about if she wants to partake in the threesome and then she decides to like lean in and then she's like, Charlie horse, Charlie horse, Charlie horse. And it ruins it because again, bumbling fool. You know, just as you were explaining this, I was thinking, I don't have any recollection of this happening. You and, blocked it and out. And then by the end of your sentence, I did. But I, I was realizing, like, oh, my brain processes it as trauma. Mm-hmm. And so my brain was like, no, we can't take that in mm-hmm. when she had the Charlie horse thing. But now I'm realizing, like, I did sort of take it in. But, but you rejected it. Was traumatic. It. it was yeah. traumatic. Yeah, because yeah. when I... I just can't with the Miranda scenes. I just... And I want to... I want to be able to embrace them and... But I just find her insufferable. She were, you know what she's giving me is Shannon Bedore. I feel like <gasps> she's giving me Shannon Bedore. And so I think instinctively, like, I cringe. I don't like the Shannon scenes. I know a lot of people do. I like her for the show, but I don't. Watching Shannon on The Real House of Orange County stresses me out in a way. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting that now from Miranda. Yes. And it's like, I'm just not, I don't want to see Miranda alone. And I like when Miranda's in the scenes with Carrie and Charlotte. But I'm just, I'm feeling a, a sense of trauma. My body's processing it as trauma. And I just don't understand how Miranda is like, okay with like being this undignified, like time and time again, like how she doesn't feel any embarrassment or like shame about like these continually uncomfortable, embarrassing situations that she is put in or that she puts herself in where I'm just like enough. Right. <gasps> Wait, you go. I was, uh, when she is in the house with Steve and Brady, I also don't believe that Miranda would be so, uh, um, bending over to Steve, even though she was the one who did this fucked mm-hmm. up thing and uh, left the marriage, whatever. I still just don't think that she's the type that would would be kind of acting that way with him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yes. where she's in the house and she's like, "I'm so sorry." And then I think she tells Carrie or someone later in the episode, like, "Well, I'm the one who fucked it up, so I, you know, I'm not allowed to say anything or do anything." And it's like, I don't think that's the Miranda I knew. No, and I also like. I wish there would just be like. I mean, I want Miranda to be more grounded in general, but I really wish we could have just like a vulnerable, like grounded scene between her and Steve where it's like, okay, this happened. I'm back here. This is kind of crazy. Like, I'm worried about our kid. Like, can we just have like a normal human conversation between Miranda and like literally anyone, but especially Steve? Right. Yeah. I want to hear more from Steve. Yeah. I need a lot more from Steve, actually. And more boxing content. Yeah. Yeah. And show us the caboose. Give us a little caboose action. I need some nudity here. I I need that more than I need uh, a full storyline about Harry's cum. Harry's dried cum. Like, okay. Okay. The audacity. The audacity. The audacity of that. I mean, Harry... God, I was just going to say, Harry and Charlotte are oftentimes written like bumbling weird too to me. Yes. And maybe that's just everybody on the show. (laughs) When when Charlotte like talked about how... Harry needs to like suck his dick in like a, like an (laughs) elephant drinking from the water. I was like, why do we need to do this? And she's like, I do Kegels. That's why my vagina is so firm or whatever. Her having to teach Harry Kegels was a real shocking. I, I, I will say I kind of thought that was cute. I thought some of that was cute. Okay. It goes on for like way too many scenes with the cum stuff. Yeah. 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 And maybe I just like it because my favorite sex and city moment ever is when Miranda accidentally gets cum on her face. Do you remember that one? <laughs> no. 
they go to like a tantric massage workshop mm. and then somebody is like giving like the, they're showing how to give a hand job like on these older people and the older gentleman comes and it hits Miranda's in the face and it's so fucking funny. Come work. But it's so quick and I felt like with this I almost felt like this episode they were just kept trying to throw in come stuff and it was like how much are we going to do with come work? Right? Yeah. Cuz I'm a pretty openly sex positive person. Yes. You know, we we make jokes here on the time all the time on podcasts about sex stuff or blowjobs or whatever. So I don't really think like I'm prude in that way. But no. even me by the end of the episode, I'm like, okay, enough with the cum stuff. Like it was just too heavy handed. Right. It was like too much of a storyline. And if that's me thinking that, like what are the people who were watching Sex in the City in the late nineties, like my mother, she doesn't she's not watching this reboot, but oh. you know, she liked the original. Right. And I'm just thinking like what's her reaction to this? Because or Carol Radswell, like even it, Carol Radswell is someone who I think of as pretty liberal and whatever. Yeah. And so even her, she's coming out and saying like, I don't ever talk about sex that much or come that much. I'm like, it is kind of weird, right? Even though the show is sex in the city, it is weird, right? Yeah. I okay. think it's like the way they're talking about it. I don't know. Like it's, it's supposed to be funny, but like, I can't think of a time where I've like, earnestly laughed at this show. Like if I'm laughing, I'm making fun of it. I'm also thinking just now how we were talking about the first two episodes where Carrie refused to say vag in the city. Yeah. Right. She wouldn't talk about the vaginal ad. Right. But so it's like, we're getting such mixed messaging because it's like, we're having a whole episode where, Oh, vag that's a bridge too far for this show. And we talked about on this podcast, we said, well, Carrie's a sex columnist. When did she talk about that? So you're giving us that one episode. And then the next episode, we're all of a sudden talking about come every second, how Carrie, Harry is, uh, Carry Harry, whatever. <laughs> They're all shooting out blanks. Right. So right. what is that? He, you know, tries to come on Charlotte's tits and he can't. I know. And it's oh. a whole episode about it. Uh, did we talk about all that come stuff? Because I want to move on to the Candy Bergen of it all. This is important. Yeah. Okay. So Candace Bergen comes back as Enid, who was uh, Carrie's editor for a while and now runs a very popular newsletter that supposedly rivals Goop. It's called like Enid Says or something. Wait, does Goop have a news? I didn't know Goop was a, this might sound so stupid. I didn't know Goop was a newsletter. I think it's just everywhere. It's, it's just like a, a big old brand. Yeah. Okay. Big ass brand. Okay. Because I'm trying to think what are popular? Are there popular newsletters? I know like Katie Couric has hers. Yeah. I, I follow hers and I know a lot of like uh, writers who I love their mentioned Ira. He does a great newsletter too. Yeah. But there's people who have great newsletters. Rachel Zoe probably has one. Yeah. It's oh. a very like mompreneur kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So it is a thing. So if I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, so the whole thing is like Carrie had initially reached out to Enid about doing a blurb for the book. And then Enid just ignored the emails and stumbles upon Carrie and sees Carrie with the book. And Carrie's like, well, I emailed you about a blurb and I'd love it if you could write about it in the newsletter. And she's sort of like getting, trying to get Enid to do something. And Enid's not interested. No, but Enid's like, I do want you to contribute to the newsletter. Yeah. And then Enid's got this whole empire too. That's like for older women, right? Like, I don't yeah. know. Can you explain what it was? Uh, yeah. I mean, not really. Um, I could try. I feel yeah, like I'm going to say like, it and then I, I'm going to offend someone or something. Yeah. I feel like it's like just this whole empire based on like 
you know, this is what Enid thinks and it sort of caters to women in her age bracket. And she's like roughly in her seventies. And so she's like, Carrie, I actually been thinking you would be a great fit. And Carrie's like, I'm not that fucking old. And it sets Carrie on this spiral, spiral. yeah, of her being too old or she perceived as too old mm-hmm. and all of this kind of thing. And she ultimately goes to this party, which by the way, do you know that the house party was the Devil Wears Prada house? <gasps> I think. I hope I'm not getting that, that wrong. I'm pretty sure it was the Miranda Priestley house. So you know where they have to, uh, Annie, or is that her name? Anne Hathaway? Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't mean An- to call her Annie. What's her Andrea. name? Andrea. Andrea. <laughs> or Andrea. What if I just called Anne Hathaway Annie all the time? Like that Annie. was my nickname. That's very Rachel Zoe of you. Let's okay. bring it all back. So yeah. Annie Hathaway, she, when she has to deliver stuff to Miranda's house, I'm pretty sure that was the house. Those little fucker twins that are like, yeah, just bring it up here. Just give us the bug. Those fucking assholes. Or they're like, leave it there. I forget. They give her the wrong instructions. You know that stupid meme prop that goes around all the time where it's like, the boyfriend's the real villain of the Devil's product? Yes. It's, it's actually sort of those It's the twins. Kids. Those, those shining twins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Carrie ends up going to this thing, and she's thinking that she's going to be writing for this, this uh, article, or <laughs> I sound like such an idiot, like newsletter. Newsletter, allegedly. Wait, is it a website too? Probably. Okay. But, Okay. Then I don't know. is this Mitzi? Am I picturing the what? No, the who's the oh, woman yeah, who Mitzi. sends her the dick pic of like an old man that she oh, wants Mitzi. her to fuck? Yeah, they want her to fuck an old man. Yeah, Mitzi's like Carrie, like oh my gosh, look at this guy schlong. And then Enid's like already fucking him. Yeah. He's like the Harry Dubin of like this <laughs> group of women. <laughs> they should have named him Harry. They, they should have. I love seeing Candy Bergen pop up in things. She makes me so happy. I didn't. I don't feel like how do i say this nicely i don't feel like her heart was really in this role at this time no in the first movie it was in the first movie it was in something was off to me about candy birkin and i say that as someone who worships the ground she walks on and i'm only saying that because uh, much like tony danza i feel like she stumbled on the set and was like what the fuck is this script (laughs) like what do you want me to do and i also felt like even with her wardrobe i didn't see the enid that to me she was giving book club which is great but her character in book club is a different person than the Vogue editor. Absolutely. Did you not feel like she didn't look like a former Vogue editor? To no, me? she wasn't Dress serving. Wise. Yes. And she wasn't serving the power that we know she has. Cause I love the scene in the first movie where she's like, Carrie Vogue airbrushing Vogue styling, like spare me two weeks of fake soul searching and just say, yes, I love that scene. Right. And she didn't seem as jazzed to be Enid in this as she was in the movie. Yeah, she like just woke up from a nap. Yes. She was like, I'll give you much like Kim Cattrall. She's like, I'll give you an hour mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have martini, like do what you can do. And, yes. uh, you know, prop me up weekend at Bernie style and I'll deliver some lines, but I don't think her heart was there. No. And she probably did come straight from book club too. She was probably with Jane. Jane's waiting for out back, yeah. you know, for lunch. She's like, I got a couple hours here. Like, yeah, let's send the dick pic and get the storyline to move in. Yes. And you know what? I mean, as a viewer, bummer. But I also like who could blame her? Like, if you're telling me that I could show up to a set for a couple hours, kind of half ass the entire Uh, project and just make fucking bank because of my name. Uh, The dream. Like, come on. Yeah. The dream. Or a character that you created 25 years ago. That was like a quick guest star thing. And then they're asking you to reprise it. And you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. They're like, we just need you to appear for like five minutes. It will mean the world to everyone. Wait, did you see Kim Cattrall like leaked when she's going to be on the show? It's like August 
24th. No. Yeah. So she posted, oh my God, this was so funny. So she posted, she's been doing all this press for that glamorous show, which I finished by the way, terrible. And I I loved every five stars, but also one star. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt. Both hated it and need season two immediately. Same. Right. It was terrible, right? It was so bad. Like shockingly bad. And, And not everyone's acting skills were on the same level. They were kind of all over the map. Oh yeah. Wait, who did you like? Uh, I loved Matt Rogers and I loved that his only line was oh, not, not this. this. <laughs> I thought that, that was, was very funny. Um, I loved the girl who you didn't love Kim Cattrall. No, I loved Kim Cattrall okay. oh, for obvious didn't name her. Okay. Oh no, no, no. I, ju- I that Matt Rogers, not this thing just was very funny to not me. This. I love a bit that's beaten to death. Right. I think it's very funny when people do that. And so I love that his only line was not this. I loved Kim Cattrall. I loved her hot driver. Um, I loved, the girl who's like friends with Ben, I forget her name, but she was also in Daisy Jones and the Six, and mm-hmm. I liked her in that too. Well, it was a crazy show, and I yeah. encourage everyone to watch it. I, did you like Marco? Which one was Marco? The lead. Oh, the lead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marco was a stupid bitch for a lot of the season, but also like we love that for him. And I'll be so honest. The whole show, I was watching it like, what is going on? But also so distracted by that lens flare, which I've already talked about ad nauseum, so I don't need to really yeah. get into it, but there's just so much like... And I don't even know if people really know what a lens flare is, but it's like this weird thing in the middle of the screen lighting, lighting It's like an orb of light. Yeah. It's like, I didn't, it was so distracting to me and I don't get the logistics of it, of why no one said like, let's stop doing this because it was so clear. And I even went, this is how much it offended me. (laughs) I even like got on Twitter and searched glamorous lens flare because i was like i can't be the only person right like because then i got in my head of like maybe i'm just being sensitive to this but no everybody a lot of people thought the same thing like what is going on they're like my eyes okay wait what were we oh oh okay so kim cadrell she's doing press for glamorous Mm -hmm. and then i watched so much of her press tour and every time she mentions working with robert de niro on this movie called about my father (gasps) i really want to see it it's not good okay okay (laughs) it's not great Mm -hmm. But I did watch it. And I love Robert De Niro. And it, it's Leslie sort of, Bibb supremacy. Your favorite Leslie yeah. Bibb, isn't it? But it's not great. It's not okay. great. And Kim Cattrall doesn't really do anything in it. She's just sort of, she's okay. She's the hot, she's rich fine. mom. Yeah. Anyway, so she posts after doing like this week of press. She posts a, a whole carousel on her Instagram page. And it says, uh, had so much fun doing press for Glamorous and About My Father which she wasn't even really doing press for about my father. She just kept mentioning it because the movie came out like fucking forever ago. But I feel like she just wanted to keep telling people like she was working with Robert De Niro because uh-huh. she, she kept saying it. She's like, Oh, I had so much fun working with Robert De Niro. And I think I took that as like a dig to M- Michael Patrick King and to Sarah yes. Jessica Parker. Cause I was like, Oh, she just wants to like dig in because <gasps> I think maybe she was also even a little uh, sensitive about the fact that she did glamorous. Cause she probably saw an episode of it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And so she had to keep mentioning, like, and I was busy working with Robert De Niro. Right. To, like, remind the hoes, like, hey, not calling anyone specifically a ho, but, you know, generally reminding all of us hoes. Yes. Like, hey, She's I like, I'm a big Robert deal. Yeah. So it said, I did all this press. And then she hits return and it, like, skips a couple, <gasps> um, you know, lines or whatever. And then it said, uh, and my, and just like that appearance on August 24th, or <laughs> like, she just drops the date like <gasps> a bomb. <laughs> And it's already been this whole thing about they didn't want to leak the information about her cameo. 
it somehow came out. <gasps> and so then now she's releasing the date of it. And I just think it's so petty and funny and ridiculous. And I don't even know that Kim Cattrall was really purposeful about it or anything, but for her to just like add that at the bottom and you literally have to click, you know, on Instagram when you're trying to read a caption, you have to click like more. Yes. <laughs> you literally have to like click more on the post or wherever she posted it to click more and to see the date. And it's so funny. I, she's so iconic. I love her. I know. I'm team, I'm team Kim. I love her too, but obviously we've all seen the scatting video. And so I I watched it again last night. I, out of the blue, I was like, I was just in the mood. Oh my God. What did you think? Oh, it's my favorite thing on the internet. For my 30th birthday, I went to Sonoma with my sister and her husband and then Jake and our really good friends, Allie and Paul. And we just the whole trip were like, stop, and she's like, we just, um, you know, he feels me out and I feel him out and we just, we go for it. Yeah, we go for it. Oh, it's so good. If you haven't watched, you have to go watch it immediately. Just look up Kim Cattrall scatting on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. But that always leads me to question really everything about life in general, because I'm like, feel like she's so level-headed at most times. And then, and she then did I that. think of that scat video and I'm like, well, I don't think anyone who could have done that. He plays the upright bass. <laughs> but then maybe, yeah, maybe there's things that I do where I, if I were to look back and be like, what the fuck were you doing? I know. I mean, I'm that, sure. There are, that clip is, I mean, same. That clip is like our Christopher, family stone sketch. <laughs> Christopher guest level art for both the family stone sketch and Kim yeah. Cattrall scatting video. That's right. That's right. Okay, wait. So Candace Bergen, so the uh, Harry Shoot and Blank dick pick. Did we miss any major things from episode four well, that you, we need to discuss? Basically, it just ends with Carrie being like, uh, she's like, yeah, I want to contribute, like, I guess, even though, like, she's been talking shit about how, like, old candy is the entire episode. She's like, I'm not that fucking old. And Seema's like, oh my God, no, like we're not old and crusty like her. It was a lot of age shaming. Yeah. Um, but. Which is weird for a show about, like, that. Literally, they did the whole press tour when it initially was launched about how we're showing women living these lives. And then it's like, okay, it's season two. Yes. And Carrie's like, oh, but I'm not that fucking old. But then in the end, Candy's like, oh, I literally just wanted your money. Yeah. I just wanted you to like invest in my thing. Right? Yeah. And then she was like, and just like that, I Venmoed Enid. Or like, we became PayPal's. That's what she said. (laughs) I Venmoed Enid. (laughs) I, she at the beginning when she was talking about like emailing Enid for a blurb, I just had to do that because for books they the publisher wants you to get like famous people to write things about it, mm-hmm. and it's the most uncomfortable thing to ask people to say like not only like take all the time to read this book and then give some if you like it then to give words for it. It's like it's so uncomfortable. It's so is awesome. there a possibility like that? Like when you're asking someone, is there a possibility that they could be like, okay, yeah. And then they read the book. Like, where are you oh, ever yeah, worried like that they'll hate it and they'll be like, I actually don't want to write 100%. a blurb anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like enough time goes by that you're like, oh, they didn't, they didn't send anything. <laughs> they must've hated it. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's so I got exciting. really good blurbs for my next book though. And I'm like so excited to share. I don't want to say who they are, but like, mm. like crazy. I was so thrilled, but it's a big pain in the ass to do because you, yeah, you have to go through all this, like, and it's so ahead of time and you don't get much time because you, you basically like have your final copy of the book pretty late before it goes to print, but then you have to get the blurb before it goes to print, if that makes sense. Oh my God. So the timeline's just really fucked up. Oh my God. Anyway, also, it, it pre-order Jolliest Bunch. Yeah, but get my book. Wait, any other thoughts about episode four? Not really. Not really. I did see a lot of 
people saying this episode, episode four, was a, a more of a return to form than the rest of the episodes. And I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a lot of people being like, we finally got it. It's back. And I was like, I don't know about that. I almost feel like our our bar is much lower by episode four that we're like, okay, like, I guess this had a couple laughs. Yeah. We're, we're trauma bonding over it. And that's about it. Still love watching it with all of us getting to talk about it, but it's batshit insane to me. Mm hmm. And those grounded moments, they're just, I mean, the crazy moments just so far outweigh to me the grounded good moments. Are you ever, like, are you ever laughing genuinely at a joke? No. You're only laughing, you're laughing at at it, not with it. A lot of the times I'm, like, looking at Matt, because he'll watch him with me, because he likes the, he liked the original. Yeah. And so most of the time I'm looking at him, like, did I, did we just see the same thing? Like, that whole robbery scene in episode three. I paused at the whole thing when every choreographed move of that was so crazy to me and the slowness of it again. And, and then the speed at with which it happened, I was so just like taken aback by it and thinking like, how did this get to air? And I'm like, did you see that? Because the other thing I think with that was strange was that the show's edited by people. So I don't even really to me, that wasn't even a writing mistake so much. Right. It was like, well, did no one like check that? Why didn't we just speed that up or or cut? I don't know. I don't know. Cut it differently or something. Yeah. And I feel like, sorry to go back to episode three, but like with, I feel like what they were trying to, they were talking a lot about her grief in that episode. And they were talking about like, there's that scene where Seema's like, look, like you have to feel okay getting in bed sometimes and just like feeling your feelings. And I guess the whole point with the robbery was that like Carrie joins Lizette in her bed and they're like, okay, we're just going to be bummed out here together and like share this like sadness in bed together, which like is sweet in theory, but the way they got there felt so forced with this whole fucking robbery Mm -hmm. thing and this like barely developed relationship with her and her neighbor that it's kind of like, what's the point? And that's the other thing too, of like her getting into bed with that woman i just thought was weird because i don't feel like they know each other in that way i could i could see her doing that to miranda or charlotte and that's about it yeah i wouldn't even see her doing that with Seema. yeah to be honest because i don't think they're deep enough in that relationship yet right so for her to do it with the neighbor was just strange because it just didn't feel believable and i felt like her and the neighbor have this like mother daughter or like maternal kind of situation going Mm -hmm. on 
but they've only really had a couple scenes together. And I don't, I think the, if I was that young woman, I'd be creeped out by this woman upstairs who just came and like laid in my bed. I don't, <laughs> even though we were like sort of friends, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. You're just coming in my house and then like laying in my bed with me. It's weird. Right? It is weird. And so, yeah, it's almost like they want to get that. They want that moment between mm-hmm. those two at the very end. But then it feels weird because it's like, well, it didn't make sense how they got to that moment. No, like it the choreography of all of these getting from one place to the next or the, uh, the same thing with the, or one of those earlier episodes, like that beach thing of how it's like they wanted Miranda to lose the phone so that we can, they wanted to get Oliver in there mm-hmm. and they wanted Che to have to call Oliver to pick a Oliver Hudson character, whatever, whatever the his name is to get Miranda from the beach. But so th- like how they have to make that happen is so clunky. And it's like, well, wait, I don't know. And we talked about that. Like, well, why didn't she ask one of the people to use the phone or before they left or yeah. just the, all the little minutia choreography of her, of getting from A to B is always so crazy. Yes. It's like they're sacrificing the integrity of the original characters to move the plot forward instead mm. of creating plots around the integrity of the characters. Does that make sense? Right. right. I, I also think, think that's these episodes are, are running long. Yeah. They're running too long. So like so cut them and, the first uh, iteration of Sex and City was so tight. Those episodes were 24 minutes. So fun. And so I understand like giving a little leeway, but sometimes people feel with all these shows, uh, that happened with the other two, which I also think, I think the other two, which is a show on HBO Max that just wrapped up. I thought it was brilliant. I, well, probably my favorite show of the past five years. Mm-hmm. So, but with that said, I think there was this moment where it started on Comedy Central and moved to HBO Max. And then the episodes got longer. And I, I think oftentimes when the episodes are able to get longer. It makes them worse. Yeah. And I like that. It's, I get that they have a little more leeway creatively and uh, the other two, I, I shouldn't even put in the same sentences and just like that. Cause I thought it was brilliant. Right. But you know what I'm trying to say? The point is it's like, just cause you can do a little more extra time. Maybe we should still scale these back. And the editing is so strange to me in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I think the writers are taking a lot of shit for all these things that happen. And I'm like, well, there's lots of, <laughs> a lot of people. There's a lot of people, just like on Che Diaz's show, there's a lot of people involved, and we can't only blame the writers. Right, right. Uh, But uh, look, I love watching the show. It's crazy. And we either just have to get on this ride or get off of it. And I'm not getting off. I refuse. I'm clawing to that ride. Like, I don't know, Rambo clawing to something, her Charlie horse. (laughs) Yeah, I'm clawing to that ride like Lyle touching Che's tit out of nowhere, you know? (laughs) I don't buy that threesome either. Like never, I don't think they would, that would happen. And why would Miranda be okay with just like the three of them going to bed in that position to begin with? Like, it's strange. It's all uncanny Valley is the only thing I could say. Uncanny Valley. Uh, Hannah, this was so fun. So I guess you'll come back in two weeks and we'll do two more, right? Can't wait. Okay. Can't <laughs> wait. See you then. That. I'm making you do that. Um, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, did I do all the plug? Thank you to ACAST. Anything else I'm missing? But we got to go. Find me on social media, all the tickets, all that stuff. And I love you all so much for listening. Hannah, any final thoughts? Where can people find you on social media? Anything you want to leave listeners with? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Danny, for having me. Thank you listeners for, for loving. Were they nice? 
What? Were they nice to you? So okay. nice. Okay, so good. fucking nice. So thank you all for that. And y'all can follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. Hannah A. Brown Zero on TikTok. I'm on Threads as well. And then check out my podcast that I co-host with my friend Tyler Meredith. It's called You Know You Love Us. And it's a pop culture slash Gossip Girl podcast. Yeah, check people, it out. People got to check it out. They have to. Check it out. Yeah, or come just, on. Or you know the other things. Not with just with your podcast, but with mine too. Always click that subscribe or follow button. Yes. Even if you don't want to listen to the episode. Yeah, I won't know. Yeah, but hit that subscriber follow button because it's really helpful for subscribers and mm-hmm. getting advertisers and all that kind of good stuff. So, yes. uh, we love you all so much for listening. Thank you. Listen to that Gossip Girl podcast called You Know You Love Us and love you. Bye. Yay.